synopsis. Luke chapter 12, verses um, 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be, whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Well, as Andy said, my name's Matthew. I'm one of the leaders here in the church. If you're a visitor, friends, or family, we're delighted you're here. So good you could be with us, and thank you for joining us uh, for this happy occasion. Uh, And I have the privilege just for a few minutes to explain a bit more about the Christian faith. Uh, And I want to do that uh, by thinking a bit about the parable that Hannah read uh, for us earlier. But before we do that, um, I don't know about you, but um, there aren't a great many things where it's still worth watching live or listening to live broadcasting, are there? If we're honest, I wonder how many of us have watched something live in the last week or so. Probably very few, but, but I'm uh, one who particularly enjoys uh, listening to a live interview. There's something about a live interview that is exciting because you just don't know quite what's going to happen. Something uh, might go wrong. The, the guests might get tied in knots in their own words. Perhaps they're asked a really great question that reveals something really deep in how they respond. Also, uh, the questions the interviewer asks can be very revealing in getting to the heart of what the interviewer thinks. Sometimes those questions tell you not just a lot about the guest, but also a lot about the person who's leading the interview. And that's true uh, not just in a live interview, it's true in all kinds of areas of life, isn't it? A question, if you listen carefully, tells you a lot about someone. And this evening, I want us to look at that interaction between, that begins between a man and the Lord Jesus. And then in response to him, Jesus tells this parable that, as he said, is, is called the parable of the rich fool. So it's an interaction between Jesus and this man in the crowd... And it starts there with a question. And the question reveals a lot about this man who is there before Jesus. He says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. That question tells you a lot about that man's heart, doesn't it? But even more important than that, because we're not most interested in this man's heart, we are most interested in the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in response to that man's question, Jesus says something about what he's asked. But then he says a whole lot more in that parable. And the big thing that's being taught to us in that parable is it's all about what matters most to us. 
It's all about what matters most to us. And this evening, one way of looking at what's happening in terms of the baptism and the testimonies and the songs and everything else, God is asking us, what matters most to you this evening? What matters most to you? Frankie and Mark are going to tell us what matters most to them in their testimony. They've already told us a bit about what matters most to them in the songs they've chosen. And in their profession of faith in baptism, they're going to tell us more still. So this man calls to Jesus from the crowd, and he wants Jesus to speak to his brother about doing the right thing about his inheritance. And I just think about that for a second. It seems that Jesus is walking by. There's a crowd there. I wonder, if you were in that crowd and you had that opportunity to call out a question to the Lord Jesus Christ, is that the question, the kind of question you'd have asked? <laughs> it wouldn't have been mine, I don't think. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of things I would want to know about before I asked him to help me with my brother in a dispute over the inheritance. And his answer tells us a lot about his heart. That possessions, that money... That inheritance, how sad it is to see that that is what matters to this, this man. But Jesus tells him, well, it's not for me to resolve what's going on here. I need to talk to you about something that's even more important than that inheritance. Because Jesus sees into his heart. And he says in verse 15, he says words that he doesn't say very often. Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard. So that's like writing something in, in bold or in capital letters with many exclamation marks that you're never supposed to do in an essay at university, but we all do in the text messages and WhatsApp messages to one another. The stuff that we really want someone to notice, we put like that. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, take note of this. And in the rest of the interaction, and in this parable that Jesus teaches, he teaches two big things. And that's what I want us to focus on as we try and understand a bit more of what's going on in baptism, what it means to be a Christian, just two simple things. And the first is this, what matters most is not what you have. What matters most is not what you have. This man here was concerned about his inheritance. He was concerned about money and possessions. So you might say he was concerned about anything you could have, whether it's clothes or houses or your reputation or, or your mind and your intellect and your skills, whatever it is, things that you have, that is this man's concern. And we live in a world where what we have matters a lot. Someone has said that when there is an inheritance, 99% of people become wolves. And that's sadly true, isn't it? That when there's opportunity for money and possessions, people get very, very difficult. But then Jesus tells this parable there in verse 16 through to verse 21. And as Andy's explained, all a parable is, is it's a story with a point. It's a story with a point. And Jesus talks to us about this certain rich man. And this certain rich man does incredibly well. He, he experiences this abundant harvest. The land he owns is incredibly fruitful. And he makes so much resource. He is so, so wealthy from what he grows from his land that he needs to make plans to store more and more of the stuff he's accumulating from the fruitfulness of his land. So he starts to, to build this empire. 
He wants to store it up. And he is greatly concerned uh, for his soul, by which we should understand here his whole, his himself. He says to his soul, uh, we're going to build up bigger and bigger barns to store all my surplus grain. And then I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. You know, some people say that the Bible's an old book, but it's very relevant, isn't it? <laughs> because how many share that? Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. That was a common phrase in the time that expressed a kind of carefree and pleasure-seeking life. That was what he was about. And on one level, you might say, well, who blame him? He's worked hard. He's planned well. He deserved to enjoy it, didn't he? But then God speaks to him. In verse 20, God says, you fool. Now, if you search through the Bible, you find that God calls very few people a fool. But when he does, we should take special note. And this man is a fool, not because he had done well. The Bible is not opposed to riches. The Bible is not opposed to to the reward that comes from hard work. To that sense of a, a temporary Reward and blessing that comes from hard work. That's not a bad thing. God's made the world that as we work hard, we would know reward for that. But this man is a fool because what mattered most to him was what he had. In fact, as we think more deeply about the story, you might say there are four ways in which this man is a fool. He is a, he's a fool because he didn't really think about himself as he should. Because he didn't really know what he needed. Because what's his philosophy? Well, his philosophy is all I need is stuff. All I need is things. All that matters is what I have. And if I have it, I'll be satisfied. He thought those things would satisfy his soul. But they can't, can they? In fact, when we live for what we have, for those material things in that sense, well, that leads to greed We're never satisfied. It's a bit like um, sipping salt water, where you find that however much you drink of it, you're always thirsty because you always want that little bit more. And the reality is that material things can bring comfort, but not contentment. We're made for something more. And you know what? I think we all know that. On one level, that's, that's why we're all here tonight. We're here because we know there's more to life than just what we have. Maybe you're here because of a friendship. Maybe you're here because of a family connection that matters and is important to you. Maybe you're here because you have an interest in spiritual things and you're wondering, is there more to life than just what we have? Well, we, there is more. We're made for more. Jesus gives a hint of that because in verse 15, he says, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Now, that word he uses there for life points to this sense of of a a spiritual life, a, a relationship with the God of heaven, to know the God who made us. Jesus is saying you're made for that kind of life. That's what is most important. And this man got was a fool because he thought life was just all about what you had. He forgot 
a spiritual life towards God mattered even more. But, but he was also a fool because he didn't think about others. Now, I know it's a parable, but it's really shocking to read of how self-centered this man is, isn't it? Think of all those my statements in the passage. He talks about my crops, my barns, my surplus grain. The only person he has a conversation with in the passage is whom? Himself. (laughs) He's a selfish, self-centered man. He has no thought to those in need, no thought to his neighbor, no thought to his community or even his family. It's just all about him. And how he can have more and more and more and know that comfort that he thinks will come from that. And the Bible teaches that those who have are called to generosity. And that is one way in which he sins here. Because he forgets others. But also, he's a fool, not just because he thinks, doesn't think rightly about himself, or secondly, because he doesn't think about others, but also he's a fool in the third way, because he didn't think about God. He didn't think about God. Why is it this man has a bumper harvest? Who controls the weather? Who controls whether your crops are not uh, destroyed by disease and pests? Not him. The God of heaven and earth. All that he had was a gift from God. It wasn't all that he had done. And so this abundant harvest and all the ways in which he had been blessed should have made him profoundly thankful. But instead, he is painfully selfish. And that is another sin, because he forgets God, the God who gave him everything. But isn't it the same with all of us, to some extent? We take the gifts but forget the giver. We take God's blessings, but we forget the one that gave them. So whether it's material gifts, whether it's intellectual gifts, whether it's the very life that we have, the breath that you breathe in this very moment is a gift of God. God has given it to you. When did you last thank God for all that you had? He forgot God. But then the fourth way in which he's a fool is he didn't think about the eternal. He didn't think about himself as he should. He didn't think about others as he should. He didn't think about God as he should. And he didn't think about the eternal as he should. Because all of this man's plans focus on this life, don't they? They're all about the here and now. And he forgot that he was accountable to God. He didn't think about eternity And of course, eternity is a great leveler of us all. Many try to beat it, but no one has. I don't know if you've heard of the man, uh, Brian Johnson. He was in news recently. He's a 45-year-old tech millionaire. And instead of continuing in pursuing more and more money, he seems to have moved away from that. Instead of what he wants to do with his millions is pursue the reversal of the aging process. And he was in the news recently... Uh, Because after a number of years of hard work, he now, as a a 45-year-old man, has the heart of a 37-year-old, has the skin of a 28-year-old, and the fitness, wait for it, 18 years old. What would you give for that? I won't ask you. 
But listen to what it costs him, his regime. He gets up at 5 a.m. in the morning. He has an hour of exercise every day and three times a week or even longer workouts. He takes dozens of supplements daily, no less than seven different skin creams, eats a strict vegan diet of exactly 1,977 calories a day. Now, that would kill me on its own. <laughs> but that's how many. And for two hours before bed, he wears blue light-blocking goggles to make sure that he sleeps well. Now, for all of that, he's making progress. And he might slow it down. But one day, he will die. And one day, he will face eternity. And friends, can I say this? Whatever your material circumstances in this life, whatever your physical situation, whatever your intellectual gifts, one day, you and I will stand before the God of heaven. One day, verse 20, will be true of you and I. Because one night, our life will be demanded of us. And the rich man in the parable forgets that. On that day, his grain can't help him. If he had a warehouse as big as an Amazon warehouse of grain, it will do nothing for him, for the God of heaven on that day. And so he cared too much about what he had. And he paid a very high price for his mistake. And Jesus says to us all, Today, don't be like him. Because what matters most is not what you have. Secondly, what does matter most is to be rich towards God. What matters most is to be rich towards God. We know the best stories all have a punchline at the end, don't we? And that's there in verse 20 where Jesus unpacks the whole story just in one masterful sentence where he says, this is how it will be with those who store up things for themselves, with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So Jesus is saying, be really clear what he's saying here. He, as we said already, he's not saying that, that possessions are a bad thing. He's not saying that, that resources and wealth is a bad thing. He's saying it's not everything. It's not the most important thing. What matters even more than that, so much more than that, is to be rich towards God. Now, will you join me in a thought experiment and ask the question, how could this rich man have been rich towards God? What could he have done? Well, you might say, having, having got that bumper grain harvest, and he could go out and sell it and give all his money away. Would that make him rich towards God? Well, if he'd done that, maybe he'd have dealt with one of his sins, which was that selfishness and no concern for others. And that would have been a good thing. But he still wouldn't have acknowledged that it came from God, would he? So you could say, well, well maybe he did that, not just gave it all away, but recognized that all he had was a gift of God and, and it came from God. But then he still would have neglected his spiritual life towards God, would he not? Plus, I think we'd all have to say that he's still operating from a selfish motive. <laughs> he's still giving. He's still acknowledging God for what he is going to gain himself. 
And do you know what that gets to the heart of? That gets to the heart of the fact that deep down, this man has a problem that deep down we all share with him. And that is our hearts. And if you know anyone who can fix our selfish hearts but the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd love to know because I've not met anyone. You know, if we're all really honest about ourselves, we know that from our hearts comes greed and empire building and anger and bitterness and strife and those things are in my heart and they're in your heart, if you're honest. And we all have a heart problem and that heart problem, our sin, means that we can never in ourselves be rich towards God by what we do. Because we have all built up, if we stay with a financial picture, a debt before God that none of us can repay. The, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, in chapter 3 and verse 23, we read these words, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means every human being is a sinner, guilty before the God of heaven. And just one sin is enough to cut us off from heaven. In Romans 6, verse 23, we read, the wages of sin is death. That's the reality. And if you don't believe that, can I put it to you in all gentleness and and in all love that you have not understood, if you don't believe that, the corruption of your own heart? You have not understood the holiness of the God of heaven And you have not understood the purity of the God of heaven and his eternity. One sin is enough to cut us off from heaven. It is not a case of of weighing up the negatives and weighing up the positives. And if the scale's in your favor on the last day, you're okay. And it's not how we can know forgiveness. Because one sin will cut us off. You need someone who will come and deal with your debts. And not just rebalance the scales in your favor, take it off the scales. And you need someone who will come and make you rich before the God of heaven. And that someone is Jesus Christ. Because I didn't read all of Romans 6.23. I said, for the wages of sin is death. But the verse continues, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, the great news, the wonderful news that we are celebrating this evening is that though one sin would cut us off from heaven, one saviour can give us heaven as a gift that we can't earn, that we can't merit, that we can't be good enough for, and yet we receive by faith. So how does it become ours? We turn, we repent, and we trust. We turn and we trust. We confess our sins and we trust in Jesus Christ and all that he has done. And then we become rich. Not rich materially. Not rich intellectually. But rich in the most important way. In terms of eternity, the only important way. Because we become rich towards God in Christ. 
And that's the greatest kind of riches. And that's what tonight's all about. That's what we're here to celebrate. We're here to be reminded about what matters most. And it's not what we have. It is to be rich towards God. Frankie's found that. Mark's found that. I found that. Many others too in this room have found that. And we would love, we would love that you might know those same eternal riches in Jesus Christ.